Well, and I believe you can't outgive the universe, right? The universe is like, oh, I see your five-star review, sister. Watch what I'm going to do, right? And then it's just showing off. <laughs> the universe is like, oh, yeah, <laughs> let me prove that concept. And it, it wasn't until later that I realized how incredibly powerful that was and is. And that is my that is the thing I say to myself every day is like, what do you want more of, Honoré? Well, you better give it away. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I'm stoked you've decided to join me on this journey to bring about a massive and positive change in the lives of others. Every week, you're going to join me behind closed doors, where I will introduce you to entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators from a variety of industries to learn how their contributions are impacting the lives of others and how they are having a game-changing impact in the world. Thanks for investing your time with me today. Now, Grace for Impact. On today's episode of the Impact Entrepreneur Show, I introduce you to Honoré Quarter. She is a best-selling author and executive business coach, and she combines her business acumen and self-publishing experience to provide structure and strategy and accountability to individuals who want to elevate their platform. Honoré's coaching and books provide real-world, time-tested strategies, and she shares step-by-step advice in a straightforward, no-nonsense fashion that you can use today to get desired results as soon as tomorrow. Don't be a podcast junkie. Bust out your pen and paper, take a lot of notes, and brace for impact. Honoré Quarter, welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show, where we spend time having conversations with entrepreneurs such as yourself who are using their platform to have a significantly positive impact in the lives of others. We're really honored to have you here today to share your story and how you are chasing impact and letting all of the financial rewards follow. Oh gosh, it's my honor to be here. Thank you so much. I always kick it off with a fun question, which is if you could pick any superpower, what would it be and how would you use it? Do I have to only pick one? Can I have multiple superpowers? <laughs> oh gosh, I let's see. I would like to turn any beverage into the beverage I want at that moment. And I would like the superpower of being able to write a perfect first draft of a book every time. How many drafts do you typically kick off. It's getting better. Um I think there is no there's no set number. Every book goes through the I think you've probably heard the crappy first draft, right? You got to just get it out like yeah. right and then make some sense of it. So there's the the first <laughs> the first vomiting, <laughs> right? And then getting all that out and then you go through it and uh try to identify where I, I didn't close a loop or I want to do I want to expand on an idea. So then there's that one. And then I might go one more pass. And then I send it to people. I send it to my inner circle. So my editor and and a couple of people that I know will um, give me some constructive feedback and and see things I wasn't able to see, right? That's what other people do, right? And then it'll go through a final editing and then a final proofing. And so it's been looked at ad nauseum by the time it the other people get to see it. But I would like to just go bloop and there it is. (laughs) Well, you know, let's let's talk about that a little bit more because I think that 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 superpower of of being able to write a fir- a perfect first draft would be awesome but there are some ways that we as entrepreneurs can apply the essence of that superpower 
in, in our daily lives. And you kind of just started to talk about it yeah. as it relates to just getting it out, whether it's writing a book, starting, starting a web page or starting that blog. What are some ways that, that entrepreneurs can apply the essence of creating that perfect thing on the first uh, go in their entrepreneurial journeys? Well, I think you just started to say it. Go ahead and start. Start the business. Instead of having it as an idea that's marinating, if, if it's been marinating, it's marinated. So let it out. Go ahead and start it. And it will, it will magically, over time, take on a life of its own. There's nothing that I do currently that didn't start out as something else in some other iteration. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't started it, I wouldn't be where I am today. If I hadn't written my first really lousy book, I wouldn't be publishing my 20th book. 20 books. That's amazing. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I, I have friends that have published hundreds of books. So that just doesn't seem like a lot. So I appreciate you getting all excited. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> well, for that. Well, um, cons- considering I have zero. <laughs> oh, well, I am writing a book right now called You Must Write a Book. And it's awesome. a book for professionals who um, absolutely should write a book as a differentiator, as, a, as the new business card. So stay tuned for that. But I wouldn't have written book number two or three or four or five if I hadn't gone ahead and written book one. And part of starting something, part of exercising the superpower is doing the thing that you you think will is pretty okay when you do it. And you can look back later and go, oh, wow, I didn't know what I didn't know. But there is so much... Uh, power and genius in not knowing what you don't know and doing it way. Yeah, I was listening to an, another podcast and the guest was uh, Kevin Kelly. He's the, I, I think his formal title is the senior maverick at Wired Magazine. Nice. And he's, I think he, he created Wired Magazine. And he was essentially saying that right now is the best time to create something. And there's never been a better time and it's never been easier to, to get started, to take that next step and, and create your entrepreneurial path brick by brick. Correct. Um, so why are you an entrepreneur? How did you go from, you know, I, I, you know, I believe you were a single mom to prolific author. Was there an impact moment that launched you on this? adventure that you're, that you're on? Well, my impact moment, my entrepreneurial moment came when I was raised by entrepreneurial parents. So when you see people work for themselves, then you become unemployable. I think you either become only employable or unemployable. And I'm, <laughs> so I did work at, I did work at jobs, but I had a really intense work ethic to the point to where I would see something, hack it, do it better. And then my bosses would say, okay, well, can you help you know, Sue, Bill, and Joe do their job. And I was like, do I get their paychecks? And the answer was no. And so being an entrepreneur means you get to eat what you kill. Not so graphically, of course, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) right. Your effort is returned to you and only to you. So if you're lazy, you don't get very much. But if you're willing to work really hard and until, right, until you reach success, then ultimately you're going to prosper more than if you work for someone else, most likely. So for me, I'm unemployable and being an entrepreneur is really the only the only way to go. Not that I don't work with and for other people, but I'm they're not my boss. There there are a lot of people that are listening to this podcast right now on their way to work and they have this kind of latent hunger 
inside mm -hmm. of them to, to create something, to do something. But right now they're punching the time clock at, at somebody else's business. And they're where you were. And they, they're the hacker in that organization. And they're making things better. What are some, some ways that they can you know, test out their, their entrepreneurial nature while they're still working for this employer you know, and, and give them, build up the strength to take the next step like you did. Oh gosh. So I have so many things to say to that. So the first one is keep going, be patient. Someday your side hustle will be your main hustle. That day will come. Hang in there. Um, keep going and, and learn from those you work with, those you work for, those who work for you. You will take those nuggets of wisdom with you into the next thing that you do. And for me, whenever I decide, whenever I've decided to do something, so I went from working a traditional job to being an entrepreneur, there's that, um, the, the, the rainbow <laughs> that you have to cross, right? Mm -hmm. To get there. So you're still collecting the check and you know that you're going to get the pot, pot of gold on the other side and you have to put in your time. You just have to be patient and know that the day is coming and it might take a little longer than you like, but you have to stay in the process. But if you haven't already turn your, turn the what's in your mind into what I call the side hustle. It's the thing that you do after work and on weekends and on your lunch break and during your breaks. So for when I'm talking to writers, I say, write on your lunch break or write before going to work early and write in a conference room or in another office or at the coffee shop down the street. Carve out time to do the thing that you really want to do. That's your heart's desire. And that will fuel you and feed you and tide you over. If what you're waiting for is for you to jump from one to the next, you've missed an opportunity to allow the, your passion to grow and to be nurtured. Because you're not feeding it. And so it's just, it's just, it's, it's not going to just one day pop up and, and, and be, be there. You got to take those incremental steps to achieve it, to, to nurture it, to build that strength, right? Yes. And you have to give up what you want right now for what you want later. Mm, I love that. I love that. I, I, I interviewed uh, Tom Bilyeu, who is the founder of Quest Nutrition, which is a, a company that has grown from zero to a billion dollars over the last three or four years. And he calls that the marshmallow moment mm -hmm. where you are giving up what you want now for what you really want in the future. And, and that self-denial will lead to, to great happiness. One of my favorite questions is about mentorship and, and it, mentorship can have a really powerful impact, a game-changing impact on both the person that's being mentored and the mentor. Can you share a story about a mentor who's impacted your life and shaped your outlook on entrepreneurism? Yes. So I wrote my first book because I had a 15 second mentor. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah. So I, I, Tony Robbins has mentored me for 30 years. He just doesn't know me. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're, we're best friends only in my mind. I met Mark Victor Hansen at a conference and I was sitting in the back where the nerds sit, where they take notes on their computer. Cause that's, mm -hmm. and I was sitting back there typing the notes of the speaker and he came back and he was like, hi, who are you? I'm Mark Victor Hansen. And I was thinking, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> who doesn't know you? And he basically said, I, I told him I was a coach and a speaker. And he was like, oh, that's nice, honey. Everybody is a coach and a speaker. You need a book. You need to take your, your most popular presentation and turn it into a book. And that's what I did. That's what got me started. 
Not literally that 15 second conversation has changed my life in so many incredible ways. Wow. I, I mean, I think that that is a really interesting, that's the first time anybody's ever t- taken that kind of an approach to, to answering that question. And it's really, I think, powerful because there's a lot of people that when, you know, you're at a conference and the speaker would come up to you, you, you kind of clam up and, and close up. And yet you were open to, to that influence and had the self-awareness uh, to, to know that he's giving you advice that's going to have a tremendously positive impact in your future. How did you develop that skill? Of being open yeah. to what other people had to say. Oh gosh, I just, I know that the more that I know, there's so much I don't know. I'm a sponge mm-hmm. and I'm always, always looking for distinctions. I'm always looking for nuggets of information, hacks, right? The fastest, most effective, easiest way. Where to put the fulcrum so that I get the the most return for the least effort. How, mm-hmm. how can I do that? And how can I then pass that on and share it? Is that something that you've always had or, or something that you've developed over time? Well, I mean, the first, the first motivational book that I read was Awaken the Giant Within. And that just really started me on a path of, oh, there's so much knowledge out there. Let me get it. And I didn't realize that authors were people too. Speakers were people too for a long time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so my mentors were, like I said, like Tony Robbins or Zig Ziglar or Brian Tracy or Napoleon Hill. I read all of their stuff and was a sponge. And then when I started connecting with people that I admired, I would actually meet the people. I was like, this is so cool. They're so amazing. And so I think I've always, from I, I think I read Awaken the Giant with them when I was 22 or 23. So last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I love the title of your book, Vision to Reality, how, to, how short-term massive action equals long-term maximum results. I'm a big fan of that title. Why did you write that book? And can you share with us the premise? Yeah. So the premise is that you, in order to get from where you are now to the vision you have in your head, there are certain steps that need to be taken in order to reach in order for your vision to become a reality, in order for you to be living that vision. I originally wrote the book as a companion guide, and I've taken some heat for it, for my coaching clients. It was never supposed to be an actual book that I sold. It was a private um, piece of intellectual property that I was going to give to my clients. And I wrote the book and then gave it to my mastermind group, and they said, everybody needs this book. And... So I made it for sale and it's Hal Elrod's favorite book. He talks about it all the time. It's very funny. Um, I, I didn't see that one coming. You know, it kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier with the, in, in, in regards to the essence of the, the superpower of, uh, of ha- putting out the, the perfect draft the first time, every time. Mm-hmm. What you just said, I mean, you've got to take short-term massive action right. that's going to compound and, and, lead to long-term massive results. It's just a simple uh, concept of the, of the compound effect. You, in, in the book, you talk about four things that precede a successful new reality. What are they? They are think, believe, deserve, and, cre- and commit. So first you have to think you can do something. So if you don't think you can achieve a goal or you can achieve your vision, then you won't get to the next step, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then you have to believe it. You have to believe it's possible for you because you might, I might think I could play for the Dallas Mavericks, but unless I believe that I can crush it, become the first woman to play in the men's NBA, then it's not possible. Does that make sense? So yeah. what the goal is, it's like, I can think it might happen, but if I don't believe it, if, I, if I'm like, all right, get out of my way. I believe I, de- I believe I deserve it, which is the next one. A lot of people can think and believe it, but they don't believe they deserve it. So they hit an upper limit situation, which is mm-hmm. a lot of my work has been with clients over the years is they hit that ceiling. They get, they get to a place to where that next level of success, whatever that is, income or a title or whatever, feels like it, they don't deserve it, like they're an imposter in some way or that they don't have either the street cred or the professional cred or the education cred in order to make that happen, right? So we have to think it, then we have to think, uh, believe it, then we have to believe we deserve it. And then finally, we have to commit to it. And I was talking to someone about why, because I'm writing, you must write a book. And I said, so you and I've worked together for a long time and you know you must write a book and you haven't written a book. Tell me why. And he said, well, Honore, you know, you and I both know I haven't committed to it. I haven't made time for it in my schedule. I know I should write a book. I have the title for my book. I know what the book is going to do for me, but I haven't committed to it. There's a difference between, and and it's funny when you mentioned Quest, I'm thinking I've got two cans of Quest on my counter, two cans of Quest in my closet, 12 Quest bars in all of my bags and my... (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, yes, I know. I give up the marshmallow for the Quest shake all the time. <laughs> it's, the, it's the commitment. It's when someone does a 100-day plan and they say, I'm going to walk 10,000 steps a day every day for 100 days. And you will find it. there will be a day when you travel for the entire day and you don't get in your 10,000 steps. And if you're committed, you'll be like me in your kitchen walking around the island till you get to the 10,000 step because you're 300 short. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-275. 2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the impact entrepreneur told you to call. Do you have a, like a poster child of somebody, one of your clients who's who's really embraced and embodied to think, believe, deserve, commit, and you've seen them take those short-term massive action steps and have achieved long-term incredible results? So many, so many. I had lunch with one of my former clients and now dear friends yesterday, and he was showing me his logo and his website in beta. And we just live, you know, a few miles apart. So I'll run down and have lunch with him on occasion. And, and I was, I became his coach when he had a bun in the oven and now he has three kids and, and we've been friends and we worked together for five years. And then I just don't, I'm, I'm not doing that kind of coaching anymore. So He's like, well, then I get to go to lunch with you and pick your brain for $10. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> was it, was it, um, did he just totally embrace the think, believe, deserve, commit concepts or, or did he hit a roadblock? Like you said, at that, at that deserve component. Um, and, and how did he, how did, how do people break through that part? 
So many roadblocks. So he had an age issue. He had a, he had taken on an older woman partner in his business because he thought he needed someone with gray hair to give him credibility because he was young and still is, still young, six years later. Um, and so those were conversations where I had to help him to see that the only upper limit was the one in his mind. Mm. Those breakthroughs happen because of significant emotional events or repetition. So I'm unable to create a significant emotional event. Those generally happen out of our control, mm. <laughs> unfortunately. But the repetition is is just the conversation of me chirping in his ear being the voice of possibility. And I, I think one of my true superpowers is I see people as better than they see themselves and I help them live into that. Mm. I love that. That's awesome. Have you ever heard of the personal development coach He's passed, but his name was Lou Tice. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. He he's his book, um, Personal Coaching, mm -hmm. is is a is an, an amazing book, and he talks a lot about that. And uh, you know, your current reality versus your future reality, and and it's a really powerful concept. And we see ourselves. We can either see ourselves as this person that's limited that doesn't deserve this whatever it may be, or we can see ourselves and really conscientiously focus on seeing ourselves in the place that we want to be and start taking, as you say it, short-term massive action to achieve those long-term massive results. And it's, a, it's, it's not a bunch of psychobabble. It actually works. I mean, I talk about all the time um, how John F. Kennedy decided one day that we were going to go to the moon. Yep. There wasn't a budget for it. Nope. None of the technology was created. Nope. <laughs> and, and yet we did it. And I was talking to my mom about that story. And, and my listeners are probably getting tired of, of me telling this story. But it's so powerful because so you, you have John F. Kennedy create this thing. And then eight years later, they land on the moon. And my mom is sitting on the beach in York, Maine. Uh, York, York, Maine Beach or whatever it is, somewhere in, in, in New Hampshire or Maine. And she's looking up at the moon and she's thinking to herself, wow, there's somebody on the moon right now looking down at me. And the difference between my mom and the person on the moon is that they took action, right? That's, that's right. And it's a, it's a powerful story. And, and you don't just go to the moon. That's the, when someone says, I write every day, 6 to 7 a.m., that's my writing time. Most of the time I want to write more and I think, oh gosh, I have an hour later, I'll write and never get there. Something comes up. Mm -hmm. I write every day a minimum of 500 words in an hour. So I can write 5,000 words in an hour, especially if I'm using drag and dictate. But 500 words, 500 words, 365 days a year is 187,500 words. Mm. The average book is 35,000 to, let's say, 80,000 words, depending on if you're writing nonfiction or fiction. No matter how you slice it, it's more than one book, but it's 500 words at a time. It's not sexy. It's not exciting. I don't get to brag. No one goes, ooh, you wrote 500 words. Like, you write a 500-word email. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's not super exciting. But I have people ask me all the time, how do you do that? And I just say, I just, I just eat the whale one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. I don't try to do it all in one sitting. 
Um, it's just it's just consistency. It's the 10,000 steps a day. It's the gallon of water a day. It's 500 words a day. It's taking one step every day in the direction of where you want to go. And eventually you're going to get there. It might take you a while, but you're going to, it's five years is going to pass. It's up to you whether you want to be on the moon in five years or you want to be still looking up at the moon and wishing that you'd started already. Yeah. I think we should invent a technology where uh, after you've written 500 words, you can give yourself a high five. You know, it, <laughs> yes, there should be like, ta-da, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. S- some sort of a an app for that, you know? <laughs> While I was preparing for our conversation, I watched your TED Talk, Authenticity is the New Black, which is a, a great talk. You're a wonderful presenter um, and have a, a really wonderful sense of humor. In it, you shared a quote that your now husband said to you, which is, you can't do the wrong thing with the right person and you can't do the right thing with the wrong person. It's a powerful uh, concept that you can apply in multiple ways. Can you tell us the story behind that? Yes. So my talk about something that set me free completely um, was my uh, first date with my husband, blind date. I meet him. He's wonderful. We end up spending a few hours together. And at the end of the date, he goes in for the kiss. And I was a 36-year-old single mom. So I had dated, I had married and failed and dated and failed. And so I was like, listen, I'm not dumb. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to try something new. So no kissing, (laughs) right? So I kind of, you know, it's like, oh, you know, whatever. And so three months goes by and he looks at me and he goes, so what was up with the no kiss on the first date? And I, I repeated what I had just said. And he looked at me and he goes, Honore, you can't do the wrong thing with the right person and you can't do the right thing with the wrong person. And what I took from that was, and you, know, we all know this, we, we can watch this in politics right now. If someone likes someone, they're going to like them. They can't do anything wrong because you can look at any of the candidates and go, well, what about this? Or what about that? And the person who likes them is going to go, I don't care. I'm voting for him anyway. <laughs> right. Either side, any side, all of the sides. If, if you like someone, you're, you like them. And if you don't like someone, you don't like them and there's probably nothing they can do about it. But how that pertains to people listening is that the more authentic you are, the more comfortable you are, the more people will actually like you. And the more you're trying to adapt and twist yourself into a pretzel to be someone that you think the other person would like, that's when you're inauthentic and people don't like inauthenticity. They can't put the finger on why they don't like you. There's just something about you that they don't like. So the lesson is be authentically yourself. Be, you know, the thing that comes to mind is let your freak flag fly, right? I've heard that saying. Like be who you are and the right people will be attracted to you and you'll love having them in your life. And the wrong people will say, yeah, I just don't like that person. And they'll go into their own place and you'll spend less time trying to make yourself into someone you're not to get someone that wouldn't like you if they knew the real you anyway. To like you, it's awful. It's such an exercise to try to be someone who you're not, um, and, and it's it's exhausting. But we live in this this manicured world of social media, and and where everything, you know, everything seems to be that perfect first draft. You know, yes, that that perfect first picture, that selfie, that that uh, nobody uh, saw the previous twenty nine takes. <laughs> True, that's true. How how do how do how do people break through that 
kind of facade. I mean, it's a authentic. It's really great and freeing, as you've said, to to be authentic. But how do we gain that? Empower ourselves to gain the ability to really be authentic. Do it more often. Build the muscle. It's like going to the gym. I remember my first trainer gave me sevens to do lateral arm raises, and I was like, I can't lift that. <laughs> I need a soup can. <laughs> <laughs> and now I do lateral raises with 15s or 20s and they're heavy, but I can do it. And so it's building that muscle of being, be authentically yourself. And, and listen, like I am not saying to share all of your stuff on social media. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I don't ever say I'm having a bad day, everyone. Pity me. <laughs> right? right? I'm not doing any of that. I am a positive person and I have a, a, the occasional bad day. And very few people know about it because I, I think that some things should remain private. Absolutely. I'm just right. saying be more authentically. Like when, when I went on my first date with my husband, I am cold. If it's below 75 and I'm sitting in the sun, I'm cold. <laughs> So, oh my gosh. So yeah. So it's just, I'm, I'm cold by nature. And so I always am sitting on a heating pad or, you know, I'm, I'm covered, you know, it's 70, it's 115 degrees in Texas. And if I'm inside in the air conditioning, I'm wearing a sweater. It's just how I'm tired. <laughs> so, a very nice sweater collection. But I, I knew that. And I knew our first date was in December and we, he wanted to go walk around outside. And I said, I just want to let you know, I know it's our first date and I'm supposed to wear a short skirt so you can see how cute my legs are and everything, but I'll be really cold, miserable the whole time and just wishing I was inside. So I'm just going to wear jeans. And he was like, great, because I'm not going to wear a skirt either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think authenticity is so powerful because people want to know that others are imperfect and others uh, are vulnerable and exposed and... And that they still that the, that those are strengths and not weaknesses. Yes, being vulnerable and being authentic, authentic. Yeah. Just made a <laughs> word right there. Yeah, uh, authentic is the act of being authentic and fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> <I love it. laughs> that love you it. mess up, that you that you mess up, that you have struggles, and that you are human, and it's okay. It's ever because that's everyone. Like I said, when I when I started to meet authors that I admired. I when then I realized that they were just people. It was like, oh, well, that's cool. I can have a conversation with a person. I can't have a conversation with someone I idolize. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Also, that feels weird. The receiving end of that feels weird. I much prefer someone to just come up and go, hey, I read your book. I think it's cool. Let's talk about something. And then the thing I want to not talk about is me. I want to find out about them. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 actually, how. Asking questions like "How can I help you?" or or those are really powerful questions that that the person on the receiving end of that uh, conversation aren't typically expecting from somebody who's read the work and is there to you know to to learn. They're they're there typically. They ask questions like, uh, "What can you do for me?" You know. Uh, one of the other things that you said in your in your your authenticity is the new black uh, presentation is if you want something, you have to give it away. And I thought that that was a really powerful statement and you lived it out. And then something pretty major happened for you. So can you unpack that for us and, and share how it led to a game changing partnership for you? Oh, sure. And you know, if, if being authentic and being authentically yourself is not enough, right? There's always something that you want more of in your life. So you want more love or space or connection or money. 
right? In my case, I'm an author and authors live and die by reviews, specifically five-star reviews. We, we live for the five-star review on Amazon because it's the third-party validation. If I call you up and go, hey, I'm fabulous, <laughs> you're like awesome and humble and we're not friends. <laughs> But if someone else calls you up and says, hey, she's fabulous, then you believe them. It's third-party validation. That's what reviews are. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, boy, I really want more five-star reviews. And then I hit, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm not eating my own dog food. I read voraciously. I read every single day for 30 minutes, sometimes an hour. This morning I read, I'll give a shout out to John Rulin, who wrote the book Giftology. Mm-hmm. It's all about the psychology of gift giving, gift giving in business and why why and how and when and how much and to who. And it's just fantastic. It actually comes out next week. I got an advanced copy of it. What's and his name again? John Rulin, R-U-H-L-I-N. And um, we have a very similar philosophy on gift giving. We have met through how. So I decide I want more five-star reviews and I'm reading all these books and not reviewing them. So, gee, <laughs> how's that working for you? Not very well. So I read the very next book that I read was The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And so I get on Amazon and I write a five-star review. And then I go over to Goodreads, which is a place where readers hang out. And I, goodreads.com, and I wrote a five-star review on Goodreads. Now, if you ask Hal, he'll say that he had gotten notifications from Goodreads for a couple of years and he'd never looked at any of the reviews and he had never looked up anyone who had written a review. For some reason, he read my review and looked me up and I have a six book series that started with the Successful Single Mom. So there are six books in the Successful Single Mom book series. And he had been given the idea by Ryan Snow to write Miracle Morning books for niches. But he didn't know how to turn a book into a book series and I had a successful book series. So he sends me an email and he says, hey, thank you so much for the review. And P.S., would you be interested in discussing doing the Miracle Morning for Single Moms? And I was done writing single mom books. Thank you very much. But something something intuitive caused me to say, sure, let's talk about it. We had a two-hour call. And after about an hour, he said, you know, this might be premature, but I think you're the person I've been looking for. Would you be interested in helping me turn the Miracle Morning into the Miracle Morning book series? So we just recently published our fourth in the series. So we have the Miracle Morning estate agents, salespeople, network marketers, and most recently writers. And coming up are parents and families, entrepreneurs, and uh, couples. That is so amazing. So this is a life-changing partnership. I mean, a game-changing, life-changing, everything-changing, relationship-changing because I have amazing relationships with people I would not ever have met if I had not become Hal's partner in the book series. And so I'm the person that helps the co-authors to get their book published. Most of them are not authors, so they don't have any idea what to do. And we're going to turn them, we take them from being non-authors to being best-selling authors through the process of, of crafting their Miracle Morning book for their area of expertise. This is like the the pinnacle moment for this conversation that we're having today, because what happened to you is you recognized, you know what, I need to put more out into the world in terms of being generosity, giving impact and without expecting anything in return. Correct. And boom, opportunity knocks on the door and you answer and you're there. And, and it's because it's a, it's a result of you just saying, you know what, I'm going to eat my own cooking and I'm going to, I'm going to, 
without expecting anything in return, I'm going to go out there and and be positive with uh, the authors that I'm I'm reading and and, re- and review them and amazing. It's just it's just it's yet again another proof that chasing impact can lead to massive results in personal life as well as entrepreneurial journey. Well, and I believe you can't outgive the universe, right? The universe is like, oh, I see your five-star review, sister. Watch what I'm going to do, right? And then it's just showing off. <laughs> the universe is like, oh, yeah, <laughs> let me prove that concept. And it, it wasn't until later that I realized how incredibly powerful that was and is. And that is my that is the thing I say to myself every day is like, what do you want more of, Honoré? Well, you better give it away. Give it away. How will you measure your life? By the by, the number of lives I impact. When you see yourself at the end uh, of the day, you know uh, if you were if, if you were at your own funeral, how how many people would be there? Well, I read somewhere that the number of people that attend your funeral depend on the weather. That if it's raining, most people skip it because <laughs> they don't want to stand outside. I would hope that at my funeral that there would be a lot of very happy people that felt like they were blessed that we had crossed paths, that out of all the people in the world, they had crossed paths with me and I had left them. That's one of my personal mantras is to leave everyone and everything better than I found them. Mm. And that I haven't always done that, sadly. But it's it's something as small as I went into the Starbucks bathroom and Starbucks at a location in Austin was just packed, slammed, and their technology was failing. They were just all having a bad day back there. And I had gone into the bathroom and it was just a hot mess. And I knew it was because, not because they couldn't afford to have someone clean the bathroom, it's just they were just trying to serve customers. And so I just straightened it up. I just picked up all the crap off the floor and wiped down the sink and I didn't have anything to clean with. And I just washed my hands after and it's not for kudos or anything. Nobody knew I did it till just now. I didn't even tell my family that I was with. Just that's the thing. Leave everything and everyone better than you found them. And so I would hope that at the end of my life, there would be more people than I can count that I would have impacted in some way that I might never know. That I'm going to drop that, that stone in the water and the ripples are going to go out in a good way. Mm-hmm, that's beautiful. And ho- and hopefully on on many, many years from now, when you graduate from this earth to heaven, you know, it's a 76 degree day and uh, no one has to be <laughs> that's cold. That's right. right. <laughs> it's, it's 80. Let's go 80. And <laughs> <laughs> <Being> sunny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need a little bit more yes. margin. You know, it's been a lot of fun. How can people connect with you and, and uh, interact so with you? So honorequarter.com is always a great place to start. And I'm at honore, H-O-N-O-R-E-E, on all social media platforms. That's fantastic. And we'll link to all of that in the show notes. Is there any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our audience today? I think, yes, please. Um, I think that people have the perception that successful people in whatever they do are somehow special people. And the only difference between successful people and those that aren't as successful as they want to be as they define success is that they have just done a little bit more for a little bit longer. Mm. So don't expect, when I turned 40, I said, okay, by the time I turn 45, I want to have a stream of income I could live off of from my books. And I didn't have a major expectation. I wasn't going to do it in six months or a year. I'd given myself five years to do it. It took me three but I gave myself five years. Give yourself a, a, a long runway and just know that this is a triathlon. It's not even a marathon, right? It's a swim, a bike, and a run. Mm-hmm. Hot out and bring snacks and, and fluids and dress appropriately 
and just stay in it until because you're you will you will eventually get there or somewhere better somewhere you didn't know you were going because I didn't I didn't know that by getting myself to a stream of income from my books that I would then have a partnership that would give me a whole other stream of income from books I didn't know that I couldn't see that coming absolutely and and you you've hit this you're on this you know this this pinnacle right now but but people don't often think about or see or know about the 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 10 years prior. Oh yes, I've been getting up at 4:30 to 5 o'clock every day for years and years and years when it's cold out, when it's raining, when it's snowing, when it's miserable, when I'm on vacation, when I'm traveling for business. It's it's not sexy every day. It's not unicorns and rainbows and podcasts with amazing people <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Right. I mean, just when, you know, just when I think I'm special, one of my cats will throw up on the carpet instead of the wood floor. Right. So there's, there's nothing uh, more humbling than, than cleaning up cat puke. Right. So, <laughs> so it's, the highs are, the highs are good as long as you do the work and you know that you've got to just keep doing the work. And so I don't, I don't sleep in, I still get up. And, you know, I realized recently, one of my friends said, you know, you don't have to run like you're being chased by the ball like Indiana Jones. <laughs> and I said, I don't. Now I do it because I want to, not because I have to. And so you'll get to that place also where you want to do it. I may have to use the the cat vomit <laughs> uh, story. I may have to quote that in, when we're promoting this Absolutely. episode. <laughs> more humbling than cleaning up cat vomit. That's it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Honoré, for joining us on the Impact Entrepreneur Show. This is going to be a great episode. And I believe that a lot of people will receive a lot of what you've given today. So thank you very much. My pleasure. I sure hope so. Thank you again, Honoré, for joining us today on the Impact Entrepreneur Show. I loved what Honoré had to say about the journey of being an impact entrepreneur. A few things that really stood out to me were, number one, if you are currently employed but have an entrepreneurial hunger inside you, Don't just wait around for the perfect moment, but rather begin taking small steps today and one day your side hustle will be your main hustle. I loved that quote. Number two, I talk a lot about mentorship because it's something that's really important, but it doesn't mean that you have to have a physical mentor-mentee relationship 100% of the time. As Honoré shared, she never has met Tony Robbins, but she considers him to be a mentor. And also, one of her favorite authors, when she was attending a, a conference, she had a 15-second conversation with this guy, and the advice that he provided to her was game-changing and led to her beginning to write all of her books. The third thing is her book, Vision to Reality, does really provide a roadmap on taking short-term massive action that can lead to massive results, and that we have to think that we can do it, we have to believe that we can do it, Importantly, we have to believe that we deserve to be an entrepreneur, deserve to have the impact in the world. But once we get past that deserve uh, limiting belief, we have to commit to actually taking the steps, the action steps to implementing the product service platform that you want, that's inside of you, that the world is waiting for you to deliver. So if you enjoyed this episode, head over to our Facebook page and let us know what you thought about this episode. And you can do that by going to facebook.com forward slash impact entrepreneur show. 
And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would go over to iTunes and write a review and rate the show. It's so helpful. Thanks to Cody and all of his team over at the Podcast Masters for the awesome audio. Have a great week and go make an impact. Go!